This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Oh, yes. The Pick'em Podcast coming at you a little late. Had a little family disturbance. The wifey's got the flu. She got sick last night, so we had to postpone. But Devin came through late on Friday night. Got to get these fire picks out for Saturday. Big card here, uh, UFC 243, October 5th, tomorrow night. And we got some good picks. Devin, are you excited about the board? This is going to be a cracker. Cracker. It's a, a cracker of a card. A it's a yeah, proper card. It really is. I mean, it's it's top heavy. There's two fights, two big fights, but I think a lot of these fights have a lot of potential. So we'll kick it off the first fight of the night. I'm going to lead. So I've won the past two weeks. You're still up 3-2 on me, though. So I'm going to take the lead here. Hopefully... I can uh we can um I can tie some things up here because you still got the lead on me and I got some uh I'm trying I'm trying some different things out here. Okay. First fight of the night, you got Khalid Taha, who is a minus two forty favorite. He is fighting Bruno Silvia, or Silva, I should say, who's a plus two hundred underdog. Um uh he is thir- 11, 3 and one. There's like three Bruno Silvas when I was trying to research this guy. He has a draw. With Casey Kenny, who is undefeated in UFC right now, he's a tough matchup. Um, I've tried to find some stuff on him, but there's a welterweight that's also named Bruno Silva, so it was actually kind of tough. I was in the building with Khalid knocked out Boston Salmon. He's got big power. He's a big favorite, which I don't love. Minus two forty is crazy. He does have big power. Bruno Silva making his UFC debut. I understand why Khalid has. He's going to be the favorite, but I just don't like minus 240. I'm going to avoid this fight. I'm not going to bet this fight on a personal level, but obviously we're doing the show, so I got to pick it. I'm going to pick Khalid only because I think he's he's obviously more powerful. Um, he does get in some trouble on the ground. He's uh, He gasses a little bit. He's a little reckless on the ground. He's been submitted before. Bruno Silvia, I don't know a ton about his game. He's kind of got wins all over the place, more decisions than um, than finishes. Um, but yeah, so I'm a little, I'm a little in the dark on Bruno Silvia. However, I'm going to, I'm going to pick uh Khalid, um, but minus two forties too steep for me, but that's my official pick. Devin, who you got? Yeah, man. Um, it's cool that you got to see that knockout. He, yeah, I, I rewatched Brutal. it back a couple of nights ago. Yeah. yeah just fucking busted him up real quick. 25 seconds. Yeah. Like, and Boston Salmon's not, he's, no, you know, he's, he's a, not he's a, pushover. a, right. He's a guy. A lot of people were talking about. I, I, I predicted you know? that fight wrong. I picked that fight wrong. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, I'm going to go with Khalid as well. Um, we'll, we'll rip through these undercards that don't, not, not many people really give a fuck about. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Khalid too. Just like you said, he has good power. Maybe his positioning on the ground is not always great. Um, but if he can keep this fight where he wants it to be, he probably could finish with a KO. I don't yeah. like the odds. Um, I don't have a computer charger right now, so I'm doing this all off my phone. Normally I have my computer pulled up and I'm, I'm reading the odds live as we're going. Um, I can't do that now. Um, and you said it was minus two forty. Is that what? He, yeah, that what I had him. I had him at minus two forty the other day. I can pull up Odd Shark real quick just to see if actually Odd Shark doesn't even have this line. I had to go to a different website. Odd Shark's the only website that doesn't have this line. Um, but yeah, it was two forty the other day. I know he's. I know he's a significant favorite. He's probably in the minus two forty range, two hundred range. Yeah, is there only two cards also, or two fights that are only on the prelims on the early prelims? Isn't it? Is it just these? Just these two, and then Nadia and. Jilin Kim. You might be Kim, right. Whatever. Yeah, I know they're doing ESPN two is the prelims this week, and then ESPN plus obviously for the main card. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure about the early premiums. I haven't I haven't checked into that yet. But 
Yeah, you might be right. But you're taking Khalid for power? Yeah, I'm taking Khalid. All right. Mm-hmm. Next up, two women who I have no idea who they are. Uh, Nadia De Kasim, who is 5 and 1. She is a plus 150 favorite. Or, excuse me, underdog. She's fighting Jing Young Kim, who's 8 2 and 2. She, she's a minus 200 favorite. There you go. We got underdog favorite. I believe uh, Nadia is a uh, Aussie. Yep, she's an Aussie. She uh, has fought in the UFC twice, 1 and 1. Coming off a loss to Montana De La Rosa. Devin, who do you like in this fight? So I like the South Korean. I like Ji Leung Kim. Um, she lost against the not-as-good Shevchenko sister, Antonina. Um, but then she came back and won a fight. It was her first win in the UFC. Um, Nadia, I just can't trust her. She's a really good-looking broad. If you check out her Instagram page, you know, she's a pretty attractive chick. Wow, we wow. Yeah, right? Wow, wow, we She... Um, she was just really underwhelming in her last fight against Mon- Montana De La Rosa. Really, really underwhelming. I was not impressed. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> it's kind of funny the way that UFC is um, signing a lot of these women fighters. Um, and I feel like they're signing on marketability outside of fighting skill, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Um, like Paige Van Zant, yeah. prime example type thing. Yeah. Um, where she's marketable with her other, I don't want to call them talents, um, whatever they may be. I think um, you said talents. I think you meant to say titties. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not politically correct, but well, I don't she think got, she had them before. She no, no, them, they're fake. Yeah, they're fake. Yeah, she got them uh, hurt when she married. She married her husband. Her husband's like, yeah, we're gonna need to change some things. You need some tits. Yeah, you need some. Boobies. <laughs> you need some boobies. I think that might have been the deal with Joanna too. Dana probably like you know told her, "Hey, you know you're getting cut unless you get some tits." Right, Joanna's hot. I don't know what it is. She scares me, but she's hot. Really, she looks like a raisin to me. Yeah, right. When she first debuted in UFC, I remember like her first weigh in. I'm like, look at this thing. She's a goblin. And then now I follow her Instagram. I'm like, oh, she's hot. What is going on? But yeah, well, that's the thing. Does. It's like these 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 women fighters are like in the UFC. And if you notice it, like look at the women stars of Bellator. Yeah. Look at the women stars of the UFC. It's fucking strange, man. It's Mackenzie Dern. Mackenzie Dern's my number one. She's smoking hot. She's fighting next week. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of them. Um, there's a lot of them that are. I feel like, and I know it's like sexist and wrong for me to say this. I, yeah. I feel like it's wrong for me. To it say is. This. Um, we, we're, we're we're being a bunch of meatheads here, but it's okay. I'm a meathead, so it's all right. But on a like just just from what I'm seeing, like I really do feel like the UFC is signing women on. I don't want to call them skills or marketability outside of their fighting skill. Right. Like there's, there's a bunch of other women that are invicted that are probably run straight through Nadia, but may not look the part for their marketability and will probably never get a shot. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, we've gone way off topic here and this okay. is so, so buried in the freaking prelims that it's not worth much of our time to talk about. I don't think, but I'm going to go with the South Korean. Um, I just think she's faced better competition. Um, and she just, you know, I, I feel like she's just going to go in there and just put it to her. It's a woman's fight, so right. it could go either way. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, the, I'm gonna go with the South Korean. Yep. And uh, you know, I mean, you can go either way with the fight, Devin. I mean, this fight is a classic. Maybe like spaghetti and meatball. Bowl of spaghetti fight. This is what it is. <laughs> Listen, Nadia looked really good against uh, Alasi, or uh, excuse me, um, Alex Chambers um, when they fought in uh, Australia last time, fellow Aussie. Um, the line's a little weird. Jung Young Kim has been fighting a long time in the UFC. She has a good record. She's South Korean. She's tough. She's durable. Nadia has a home game here. She didn't look great against Montana De La Rosa. However, I do like her skills. I do think she can um, 
probably win a really close decision. There's obviously no finishing happening here. Nadia is, is, is going to win a decision. She's the underdog, so I'm going to cash that underdog money. Listen, when I, it, I'm taking a new approach. If you're a female fighter and you're an underdog, and it's it's a plus 150 as a female fighter isn't that crazy to me anymore. So I'm taking Nadia as the underdog there, getting the points, and <laughs> uh, we'll ride with them. Okay, next up on my sheet, even though Tapology has now switched on me, but next up on my sheet is Brad Riddell. He's a minus 150 favorite. He is 61. He is fighting Jamie Malarkey, who was 12 and 2. He's a plus 120, so he's dropped a little bit. Um, I did a video yesterday about Brad Rodell. Brad Rodell is a Muay Thai kickboxing legend from New Zealand. He trains at City Kickboxing. He used to be the coach for Dan Hooker, for all those guys. I think he probably still teaches there. Um, 6 and 1 at MMA, started a little later in MMA. He's fought everywhere as high as 185 to welterweight. He's fighting at 55 here. Jamie Malarkey, longer guy, good striking himself. Probably a better mixed martial artist is a little more well-rounded. I'm a little worried about Brad Riddell's gas. I've watched a lot of his Muay Thai fights. I've watched a lot of his kickboxing fights. I know those were up in weight, um, but he slowed down significantly. He does carry a lot of muscle. He's short, stout, but he's got big power. And I think his, his technique and his kicks and that overall game is really, really good. Um, the question is, is, is his takedown offense, right? Jamie Malarkey is longer and is considered a striker. He will stand up with you. He does have good kicks. He's got good punches. He's got a lot of finishes. He also has a lot of finishes on the ground. So I'm picturing Jamie Malarkey probably taking this fight to the ground. Um, I see Brad Riddell kicking Jamie Malarkey's legs off and then finishing up top. He's got a great left hook. His left hook is deadly. I'm sticking with my guns. I, I made a video about it. I can't go back on it now. I'm, I'm all in on Brad Riddell. I'm putting... All my chip, all my eggs in his basket. So, um, who are you taking here? You taking Brad Riddell? You taking uh, Mister Malarkey there, Devin? Don't let your wife hear that you want to put your eggs in his basket. I know she she already knows. <laughs> she's upset. She's 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 terrified. <laughs> oh shit! Well, um, just like you said, um, he trains out of a great camp. Um, he trains out of a really, really, really good camp. Um, he's got Izzy as a training partner. He's got Alex- Alexander Volkanovsky as a training partner. He comes out of a good camp. Um, and a lot of those guys in that camp really like they like to strike, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and they're they're fucking good at it. Dan Hooker's a good striker. Is he's a, a phenomenal striker? Yep. He's a good striker. Even even Alexander Volkanovsky, he's not a striker, but he can he he still puts it together well, you right. know? Yep. <clears throat> um, he's got a really really great coach, Eugene Berman. That guy's he's a fucking. He's a lot of these gyms are just coming up out of nowhere, man. Um, they're coming in hot and a lot of these older gyms are you know getting left in the dark right but um brad Rydell is he's got super good stand-up really good muay thai i watched a lot of his muay thai fights um just like you said he could get gassed in the later rounds um but it, i still think he's good just like you said i still think he's just gonna fucking break his legs break his legs and then finish up top you know or even go to the body go to the body go to the body and finish up top his muay thai is so good he's he's a really intelligent striker and then when you train with guys like Izzy, like your your striking can only get better, right. you know. Like you're not you're not plateauing when you're training with those types of guys. Like you're only getting better. Correct. Um, yep. And I just think I just think he's gonna he's I, it's it's kind of a homecoming, but it's kind of like you know their team against their team for this card. Right. Um, like they got they got Izzy and Whitaker, and you know, so he's an he's. He's from New Zealand, coming over to fight in Australia. I just think he's going to have something to prove. Along with his skill, I think he could finish his fight. Um, yeah. Probably like a second-round TKO is what I think. Nice. 
So you're on Brad Riddell. We're both, we're yeah, both in I'm agreement here. Both in agreement. All right, next up, you got another women's fight here. You got Megan. <clears throat> don't say Megan. Megan oh, Anderson, no. who is a minus 550 favorite. <sighs> she is 8-4. and four. She is fighting Zara for her. Dos Santos, who is 6-2. and two. She is a plus 375 underdog. Devin, lead me with this fight, pal. Who do you like? So out of all the notes I have for this card, my notes on Megan Anderson alone are longer than all the other notes put together. Yeah. And I was just about how disappointed I am. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, um, I, I'm not going to mention this. Um, I thought about mentioning it, but I'm not going to mention this. Um, so I'll pass that on my notes. Um, <laughs> but she's, she's just, you can't trust her anymore. Like she was supposed to be the next big thing. There are like, they were sculpting her and molding her into this fighter to, to potentially have this huge fight with cyborg, but she could just never put it together. Like she was going to, she was a potential savior of the woman's 145 pound division. You know, like she was being really groomed into, into being something. Um, if she doesn't win this fight, they really brought in like a, a nobody, like they, this girl that they brought in to fight her, which by the way, I'm going to pick, I'm not picking Megan. I can't pick Megan. Um, I just can't pick Megan in this fight. I just think, and it's a it's a stupid fucking pick, and I know it's a stupid pick, but Megan has burnt me so many times in the past that I'm done. Like I can't I can't pick her again. Um, if she doesn't win this fight, send her back to Invicta. Um, you know, it, yeah, her opponent, <clears throat> her opponent. I was watching some tape on her opponent, and her opponent, she's her. If you watch any tape on this, her opponent does like to finish. She's she's not just gonna stand in there and pot shot. She's not gonna fight like Chukagian. Like she's gonna go in there and she's gonna try to like she's gonna go and try to do it. She she likes to finish. Her opponent likes to finish. Um, I think she's a minus five hundred favorite Megan, right? Yeah, minus five fifty is what I had her at. Five fifty. See, um, that's just insane. Um, the way that she's been fighting lately, like she, she doesn't deserve that. No matter who, no matter what. If you're a professional MMA fighter with her last few performances. No matter what organization you fight from, I don't think you should be being Megan Anderson. I don't believe that she should be that high on the favorite. Right. Um, and his, my my notes are she'll probably blow this fight. My notes are just in disappointment because I was super high on Megan Anderson a couple of years ago when she was first getting introduced into the UFC and you know making a name for herself. Um, I'm going to pick her opponent. I don't even remember the broad's name. Um, I Sara Fran dos Santos. I didn't She's even write her French. name. She's French. She she's looks French. Brazilian. I know. Yeah, they said she's she's <laughs> repping France hard. All right, so you're taking really? the, you're taking the under there. That's three points. I'm taking the under. And sorry for my rant on Megan. I'm just disappointed with her. As a fan, it's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so <clears throat> for just to give you, I had Dos Santos as well at pl- plus three seventy five. I'm gonna bet her. Awesome. There's a tremendous upside. However. To make things interesting, because you're going to get three additional points if you get this right. I'm going to go Megan, right? I am I'm going to go and go opposite of you and pick Megan. Now, I everything you said about Megan Harrison, I agree, right? She had all the talent in the world. She looked great in Evicta. She comes over. She gets dominated by Holly Holm. She gets a fluke win with the uh, with the toe in the eye by uh, Kat Zagano, and then she looks like trash against Felicia Spencer. She's big. She's a big girl at 145. She was the next, you know, they crowned her already before she even did anything. Um, Dos Santos, I watched tape on her. She's wild. She's powerful. She's strong. She likes to finish. She has only uh, one loss that I saw two losses, but one was by submission. I don't think she's worried about submission. 
They brought her in so Megan can stand up with her. Megan's a stand-up girl, stand-up striker. She trains out of Kansas City. She doesn't even train in Australia anymore. She she trains with James Krause and all those guys in Missouri. She is talented as all belief, but she did say something this week that I, I like because it's something I deal with as well is anxiety. She wanted to quit because her anxiety was so high and she really doubted herself and all that. And she seems like she's coming back. Now that's that now that means she could have it again come fight night. Maybe that's why her performances have been so bad. But I just want to go opposite to you. Let's make it a little di- a little interesting. I did have Dos Santos. I'm probably gonna bet Dos Santos because every time you see a plus three seventy five staring you in the face, when really it's a coin flip, when when the other end hasn't really been living up to her hype, you gotta take it. But you're exactly right. For our purposes, I'm gonna go Oppo. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. Megan Anderson. We'll go different. We'll split on this one. You go to Santos. I go Megan. Okay. Next up, you got Calvin Potter, who is 17 and eight. He's a plus 240 fav- underdog. God, I keep doing that. Plus 240 underdog. He's fighting Maki Potolo. 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 Who's 12 and four. He's a minus 310 favorite. Uh, I lead here. Maki is a contender series alum. He won by body shots over this past summer's contender series. Don't remember him a, a, a whole lot. I think I remember him a little bit. I think he was like uh, like a Dan Ige guy, uh, an Ali Abazi guy, I believe. That's what he's Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, he's obviously from Hawaii, but I don't know if he trains out of Vegas or not with Ige. Um, he looked good. His hands looked good. He looked powerful. He looked uh, he looked in shape. Cal, uh, Cowlin Potter um, did not impress me in his day his 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 debut in the OC. Jalen Turner knocked him out in the first round in under a minute. Jalen Turner is a big, long striker. This is kind of going to be a different fight for him. However, Mackey is short, uh, powerful, strong, good hands. I'm not crazy about the line, obviously. I'm not going to bet this fight. I wouldn't put money on this fight. I'm not that confident um, because we've only seen a small sample size of Callum Potter. But uh, Mackey, with his power, with his boxing, I'm going to take him uh, at the uh, 310, the pricey 310. But uh, who you got, Devin? You taking the under here, pal? You like the under? Mm, huh? uh, no, man, not in this, not in this fight at all. Unfortunately, <laughs> with the last fight, it was like just like you said. If if you were like a shark and you were a betting shark and you really wanted to get some money in, that's probably the best fight. If you want to bet an underdog, that last fight was probably the best fight on this card yeah. because it's like you said, 50-50 odds. It's fifty-fifty with yeah with like a three to one a three to one dog. So right. bet that fucking fight all day. Um. Back to back to fucking coconut bombs. That's this guy's nickname, and he really. I was really really impressed with this guy's striking. He fought up a weight class in the contender series, so he fought at one seventy. Supposed to be fighting at lightweight, um, and he throws volume. He'll pressure you on the fence, cut you off, throw volume, but it's not. It's not just average MMA style boxing. His striking is really really different, and not not really really different, but really really technical and really really highly skilled. He, he like pitter patters, pitter patters, pitter patters, gets you to open up and then throws a bomb in there. He's not just, he's not just throwing bombs, you know, right off the get. He doesn't get you in trouble and then throw bombs. He's touching you, touching you, touching you at 50%. And then he'll throw a four punch combination all heavy. It's really, really, it's, it's really, really nice and delightful to see striking like that in the UFC. It's not just, you know, 100% each shot, 50% each shot. He's, he, throughout the combinations, he's mixing power punches in with 50% power. And it's it's really technical. When I saw that, I was like, "This guy is I I like this style of fighting. I like this style of striking." He put it, he put his opponent against the cage. If you watch his last contender series fight, he pitter patters, pitter patters, boom, shovel hook to the body, and he just starts raining him. Fucking finishes him with body shots, and you don't see that too often. Right. Um, body shots from kicks, yes, you'll see people get dropped, but you don't see a lot of 
like liver shots or rib shots that that drop people like that in MMA just against a fence with punches. Like you don't see it too often. I was really, 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 really impressed. I thought his striking was pretty technical. I like that style of striking. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say he probably finishes him again, um, yeah. potentially against a fence TKO. I think. Yeah. Callen, Callen only has one way to win and he's, he's got to get the fight to the ground. And he's got to submit him. I don't see him doing that unless Maki gets tired. Um, I imagine it's going to be a short fight. I can't imagine Potter. I mean, he's got knocked out on his debut in under a minute. Mackie has big power. I don't think it'll maybe it'll probably go over a minute, but I, I do see it ending with strikes. Okay, we're both on the same side there. Next up, Jorgen DeCastro, who's five and zero. He's a plus one hundred underdog. He's fighting Justin Taffa, who is three and zero. He's a minus one thirty favorite. The big boys. Uh, Jorgen DeCastro came from the Contender Series. One of my guys that I really looked at. Taffa trains with Tui Tui Vasa, uh, big Samoan Polynesian, whatever his ethnicity is. I'm not sure he's from New Zealand or Australia. And uh, he's a cracker. Devin, the big boys, who do you like? Man, I, I, this is going to be a good fight. Uh, don't sleep on this one. This is going to be a really good fight. And uh, I'm going to just say I'm going with Jorgen DeCastro. I was, I've been impressed with this guy. Um, he's really good. He really, really wants this. Um, he's like, he's not a young guy. He's, he, had a, he, had, he, didn't, he had a so-so amateur MMA career. And then he got into pro MMA and just he's undefeated now. Um, he finished, he finished his opponent with leg kicks in the Contender Series, last Contender Series, Season 3. Um, and he just looked really good. I watched his tape. He looked good. He looks crisp. Um, he looks powerful. He's big. But he's not tall. He's just kind of, you know, he's fire hydrant, but he's not rocked up. Um, he's just kind of a little pudgy, but yeah, power, pudgy power. Right. The guy's, looks, the guy's fucking strong. He can crack. Um, and I don't even, I don't, what was, what was the odd on this fight? What, what uh, plus line? 100. He's a, he's a, he's a small underdog at plus 100 and Taffa is a minus 130. Really? Well, that's yeah. my underdog pick. I'm yeah. taking him. There you go. He's a good, he's a good dog. Yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent. I'm taking the underdog. He's my underdog lock. Uh, spoiler alert. We'll get to that at the end of the show, but you're going to cast her on the contender series. He moves really, really well for his size. He's short, kind of spark pluggy, um, but he's wide. He's big. He's strong. Moves really well. His footwork is great. His leg kicks were great. His hands were great. Um, I'm a little worried about like his takedown. Unfortunately, I think Taffa, the only way Taffa is going to take this fight to the ground is if he gets rocked. He's a big boy. He's a big, strong dude. Um, every fight I've seen him in, that last more than a minute, he looks tired. Big power. He's going to have a uh, Jorgen, that is. We'll have a tough first round against Taffa, first maybe minute or so, because Taffa's going to come out swinging. He's going to come out banging. He's a big, strong dude from Australia. Ty's fighting on his card. You know, that's his boy. That's his teammate. He wants to represent. This is his UFC debut. He's only 3-0. So they're calling him up quick. Jorgen, you're right. You touched on his amateur career. Horrible amateur career. Um, but 5-0 as, uh, as a pro. Has all five wins. Almost by a fin- all of them by finishes at one. Um, I like DeCastro a lot. I think he's really good. I think he might have a little problem fighting some of the upper echelon of this division with his size. But the way he moves and how fast he is and his footwork and with those leg kicks... It's beautiful. I can see him chopping Taffa down. Taffa might go for some takedowns. I'm a little worried about that, but I think Jorgen's going to have the cardio, speed, footwork, everything. I'm on Jorgen as well. Love the number next to his name too. Love the number. I did a lot of research on Taffa. Watch highlight videos of him. Watch all his fights. Watch training footage of him. He's a big, strong, powerful guy. He fights a lot like Tai Tuivasa, so I'm not super concerned yet. He's still very raw with being three and out. So we're both on the same side there. All right. Next up, you got Jake Matthews. Who's a minus three sixty. He is 14 and four. He is fighting Rustam Akman, who's six and one. He was a plus two seventy underdog. Um, I take the lead in this fight. 
I'm going to go ahead and say it. Uh, I hate Jake Matthews. Um, not the way he fights or anything like that, but I've never predicted him right. His last fight out against Anthony, Tony Rocco, Martin, whatever the fuck he wants to be called now. Um, I was all in on Matthews. He got choked out. There's been times in the past where he's burned my ass. He was the next guy at Aust- in Australia MMA. He was going to be the next one. He was promoted more than Robert Whitaker was back in the day, right? He was the guy at 170 because Robert Whitaker fought at 170 as well. He was the guy that was like, this is the new star. He's the young kid, blah, blah, blah. He's up and down. You know, I think he is talented, but he's got a lot of ugly losses on his record. Don't know a ton about Rostam. I'm not super excited for what I did see about him. Um, Jake Matthews at a minus 360, I think is insane. I think you'd be insane to bet that fight. However, for our purposes, um, I will take Jake Matthews. I do think he's probably, he does have, right. I mean, I'd completely backslid there. I just don't like his opponent. Like, I mean, the guy he's fighting, um, a little bit of a wild man. He, you know, fights out of Sweden. He's got some pretty badass hair on his chest, good beard, but I don't love where, you know, his style. I don't love his game. I think his chin's a little weak. I think Jake Matthews is better everywhere. I just hate him. But since I hate him, I got to take him, but I will never bet him at minus 360. Devin, you going underdog here, pal? You going, you going at underdogs? Is it tasty for you? I, you know, I, I, I checked him out. Um, I watched a lot of his highlights. And I watched um, a couple of his fights. I watched a couple of his highlight reels. And I was like, just kind of looking for something to overly impress me. Um, unfortunately, I didn't see it. Um, you know, he's, he's also got to be the hairiest guy on the roster. Yeah. We, he's, I mean, if Andre Lossky didn't shave, Andre Lossky would be. But he, he keeps it tight. He shaves it up. He's got to be that. Like, does that give you an advantage? Uh, like Ryan Hall. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ryan Hall's pretty fucking hairy, too. <laughs> I mean, shit, Ryan Hall, you know, he gets a lot of submissions. Maybe that's his key. I don't know. It's like a Velcro thing, yeah. you know? That's what I'm thinking. Right. You know? So anyway, um, but yeah, um, Ackman, I just haven't been too impressed with him. Um, he's got ground and pound. He'll, he strikes, but he just seems slow, especially for this weight class. Like, in the in the clinch, like, he'll, he likes to fight in the clinch, but his knees are just really slow. Like, it's it doesn't look high power. It doesn't look fast. Nothing he does is really, you know he's not like snapping with speed. It's, he's not really an athlete if that makes much sense. Um, and Jake Matthews on the other hand is Jake Matthews will, he'll, he'll hurt you on the feet and then try to finish you on the ground. He'll try to ground and pound you if this, and then look for a submission in between that. Um, like you said, he, you know, for his talent base for him to get choked out by, or not choked out, sorry, for him to get finished by Rocco Martin like that to get subbed out. It's just not, it's not a good look. Um, Hasn't been a good look. Like you said, he's, he's burnt me in the past. I've picked him before. I've never bet him. Thankfully, I'll never, bet. I wouldn't, this is one fighter. I'll never bet money on If It's coming out of my pocket. It's not going on him. Um, for, for sure. Um, just Jake Matthews does seem like a solid, a, a, just a little more solid. I don't, I don't like Ackman. I just don't think he's impressive. He's not overly impressing me. Um, I think they're just kind of bringing guys in to fight these Australian guys at home. Um, and, yeah. And it sucks because they, they could have put, other fighters that are not from Australia that deserve the spotlight a little more than, you know, these guys do. Yeah. Jake Matthews, like last three fights, I feel like I've always been Australia. It's like, he doesn't come to America ever. They just keep him over there. All right. So we're both on Jake Matthews. All right. Next up, you got Luke Jumeau, who is 13 and four. He's a plus plus one twenty underdog. He is fighting Diego Lima, who is 14 and seven. He is a minus minus one fifty favorite, I believe. Yep. Devin, who do you like in this fight? Man, I, my, is it if it's it could be you it could be me but this the bout order i feel like is 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I printed my sheets off like two days ago, and then they don't, the UFC doesn't officially release the bout order until like Thursday or something. So, topology updates. So, that's why we're hopping around a little bit. Okay, that's what it's, that's yeah. what it is. But the UFC, like, on Google, if you just search, you know, UFC 243, it'll show you like all the fighters, and then all of a sudden it's not there this morning. I was looking at it last night, all of a sudden it's no longer there. Um, maybe it's because the UFC like updated it on Thursdays, like you said. I'm on the UFC website as you speak, but I'm also on a phone, right. so that kind of sucks. Um, but this fight is this could be a good fight. Diego Lima is impressive. Um, he's got which aren't on his pro record. He's got two seasons on the ultimate fighter right. that, you know, they're ex, I guess they're exhibition bouts. They're not even amateur. Are they he made? No, they're exhibition bouts and he made the finals both times. Yeah, dude, this guy could fucking fight. Um, yeah. you know, he's had some losses, but he's, he's looking better and better. Um, looking better and better. He's a, he's a good pick. I'm not sure what the line is, but I'm going to go with Diego Lima. Um, okay. He's got all those fights in the Ultimate Fighter. He's faced some really good opponents, um, and he's he's been impressing me lately. Like I just like him. Um, we spent a lot of time on other guys, and I, yeah, I, I just think Diego's going to do it, man. Yeah, Diego, he's a hard guy to predict because he goes on those shows and he and he looks really good. Then he blows it in the in the finale. Douglas Lima's his brother, who's a world class fighter in Bellator. Diego's not Douglas, right? They have similar skill sets. Diego came, just came off a big knockout win, big upset knockout win his last time out. He has power. He's big for 170. Um, good submission skills when he's on top. He when he gets put on the bottom, his takedown defense isn't great. When he gets put on the bottom, he 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 struggles a little bit. That's been his biggest issue. Luke Jamo is a guy who I I don't think he's ever fought in America. He's coming off, uh, I believe he's two and one in the UFC. Let me let me double check that. He's got some wild wins. He's he's kind of a wild guy out there. Um, yeah, so he's two and one in the UFC. His lone losses to uh, Shinzu Azai, whoever that is. Um, and they're all by decision. So two wins by decision and one loss by decision. Tough guy. Watched a lot of tape on this guy. I wanted to try to find an underdog on this card that I liked. I kind of like him, right? I got a crush on him. I don't love him. However, I am planning on betting him. Luke Jamo is my pick. I'm going to take the underdog pick there. Um, he gets a little wild in there. He's got a good chin. He's been dropped before he gets back up. I'm a little worried about Diego's chin. However, Diego has more skills has better stand-up. I just think Luke Jamel is going to get the Australian crowd behind him. He's tough. He can grind it out. I think he has decent takedowns. I think he's got good cardio, good chin. His striking is sloppy. He's really good in the clinch, but when he, when he's outside the clinch, it's been, it's been pretty sloppy. His knockout power is anything to write home about. He does have some finishes on his record, but he's not like a one-punch guy, right? Lima, obviously, everything's pointing to Lima to win this fight. Um, all the sharps, all the handicappers, everyone that I follow and listen to, they're all on Lima. That's what separates me. I'm taking Jamo. I think he's <laughs> going to somehow squeak this out with either a home cooking decision or he can catch Lima with something crazy because he does throw some wild shit. Um, not like spinning stuff, but like he'll just throw, put his fucking head down and start throwing. Uh, and Lima has a chin problem, uh, I think. So there's that. Okay, next up, one of the guys who I do not like, Tai Tuabasa, who's 10 and 2. He is a minus 400 favorite. He is fighting Sergey Spivak, who is a plus 300 underdog. Spivak got his, got his fucking head knocked off last time he fought Walt Harris. Uh, Tai Tuivasa has looked really disappointing. I believe I lead the dance on this one. You got a dog fight going over there? What's going on? Dude, my dog is just going crazy. Do you hear? I don't know what the heck's <laughs> going on here. Like I'm trying to... Dog fight going on over there, man. I've been at, I'm sorry, man. I've been at, I'm trying... She keeps following me around. She keeps following me around my house, biting at my legs, and I'm like pointing to her. I'm trying to keep it quiet. You're gonna hear my dog probably in a minute. My buddy is dropping off some controllers to me. 
I told him, I was like, I'm doing a podcast at nine. He's like, okay, I'll be over at nine 30. I was like, well, I'm still doing a podcast. <laughs> He's going to walk in. Dogs to go fucking berserk. Um, anyway, so Ty Tuvasa <laughs> hasn't looked great his last two fights. Sergey Spivak, a guy who I wasn't crazy about coming in the UFC. I did pick him against Walt Harris. He got his fucking head knocked off. Like I said, Ty is a big favorite, right? He's going to be a big favorite. He, you know, he, everyone loves this guy, right? The shoey, all that stuff. His last time out, he lost a close split decision. I believe it was a split decision. It was unanimous. No, it was unanimous. Blaga Ivanov got him. Blagoy. And then obviously Junior Santos knocked him out before. That was his only two loan. Oh no, he's got a loss uh later on his or early in his career. Excuse me. I just don't like Ty. I don't I think he's a little bit overrated. I think he thinks he's better than he is. I think the Dos Santos loss really put a stamp on his confidence because he looked really bad in the Blagoy fight. Um, he gasses quite a bit as well. He's not the most conditioned guy in the world. He's young. So he has obviously time to improve. I don't love his power. He's got one good knockout in the UFC. It was a flying knee knockout against a nobody. However, um, Spivak's a guy I don't love either. You know, I think he has a chin problem. I've seen him get rocked outside the UFC. Walt Harris destroyed him. Walt Harris, a very talented fighter, very big, powerful, strong, uh, standup guy. And you, you've hit the nail on the head earlier in this in, in this podcast. You said that you think they're setting these guys up in 100%. If you look at all the matchups, they're favorable matchups for the Australian guys, besides maybe Robert Whitaker. Everyone else is like, it kind of fits into their strengths or whatever you want to say. It, you know, it, it, it's it's a good matchup for those Australian people. I mean, you look at the card, maybe Luke Jumo has kind of a rough start, but like you look at Jake Matthews, perfect matchup. You look at uh, Megan Anderson, perfect matchup. Nadia Kasim, good matchup for her. So this is another one. Tai Tuvasa has a great matchup for his style. I don't love Tai Tuvasa. I hate the number next to his name, um, but I got to pick him because I think Spivak really needs to show me something if, if I'm going to lay money on him or even pick him as a big underdog as he is. So Tai Tuvasa is my pick. Devin, who do you like, bud? You taking the under here, pal? You going to drink a shoey if he wins? No, I'll burn <laughs> all my shoes if he wins. Yeah, right. Jesus. Start wearing sandals. <laughs> yeah, I just wear flip flops all day long. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fucking, I. You know, you're right about Ty, though, man. Um, you hit the nail on the head with him. Um, he's he's got power. He really, really pressures his opponents well. Um, but he doesn't. He's good at moving forward and throwing bombs. Um, he'll put you against a cage and try to hit try to hit you and hurt you. Um, but I think you said it right when right when JDS kind of like weathered his first storm and just was a little more technical than him and equally powerful, he fucking finished him. And Blagoy, you know, same thing, um, equally powerful, hair more technical, able to edge him. Well, I wouldn't call it an edge. It wasn't a complete, you know, Blagoy didn't run him over. He got a, he got the unanimous. Um, and we did, we recorded a podcast and my pick was Ty last time for Blagoy and he burnt me. Um, this time, um, his opponent's not Blagoy. Um, just like you said, he's gotten he got freaking hammered by he got freaking destroyed by Walt Harris, um, which has been looking super impressive lately. But um, it's just they're setting these guys up. There's kind of no way that Ty can't win this fight and can't win it in spectacular spectacular fashion. Um, he should finish him. Um, but Ty, I agree with you. Um, I liked him. I was high on him, but I'm at the point where I don't I don't really like him. Um, Sergey Spivak. He's just you know I don't there's there's nothing there's no proof for me to pick him there's no proof in the right. pudding with this guy like yeah, there's, there's no nothing. reason there's no reason why i could you know there's yeah. no reason why i should pick him like there's never been there's not one tell and there's ty does have weaknesses he gets tired he gets sloppy and the second he gasses he gets fucking sloppy and the right person could really fucking expose him jds yep. um prime example get sloppy and he wasn't 
he got really sloppy against Blagoy. He got super, super sloppy against Blagoy. Um, but Blagoy is not as technical as JDS or as powerful as JDS. Um, so he wasn't able to, you know, really finish him like that. But he was hurt and tie in that fight. He was yeah. hurting him. Yeah, Ty can be up. hurt too. Yeah. Like he she can be hurt. Um, I just don't think Spivak's a guy that's gonna hurt him like that. I think Ty is gonna remain right around this level in the heavyweight division. Um I think that he's gonna he's the perfect guy because the fans love him. They're throwing Australian card. He's the perfect guy to be on an Australian card. Um I just don't think he's ever gonna be in that top five, top eight in the heavyweight division. Um, I just don't think he has it, man. Um, yeah. And he's not going to do what Jared Cannonier did and lose a bunch of weight. No, fucking going yeah, out of middleweight or something. He's shit. too dense. You know what I mean? He's too dense. He's too thick yeah. of a guy to do that. Uh, they're trying to find. So, the, they're trying to find the next Mark Hunt. I mean, that's what they're trying to do, right? <laughs> hey, yo, Jesus. God, you got. You got a. What you, how many dogs you got? It sounds like you have four. I have two, and they're both <laughs> fucking. They're. they're not, you've never heard them before, have you? When we record, never. I don't and think so. No. All of a sudden today, man, like I just can't fucking shake them. Like I go into one room, I close the door, and they scratch on the door, and I'm trying to be as quiet as possible. That's fucking come, dude. They're just animals. They're they're literally animals. They're fucking. They're animals. That's that's what they are. All right. So you're picking Ty, right? Picking Ty, man. Okay. I'm gonna sleep. Unfortunately, I for whatever reason you were breaking it down. I I I'm I'm not gonna change my pick yet, but I will text you if I do officially. Um, because I don't know. Spivak's speaking to me now. All right. Anyway, we got to get to the big two big fights on this card. You're gonna. Lead, I'm gonna let you pick, right? So we just did back and forth. Do you want to lead the main event or do you want to lead the co-main event? Because um, we're doing the co-main event next. We're doing Al versus Daniel. I'll, I'll give you the odds. Here you go. So you got Al Quinta, who is 14 and five. He is a plus 145 underdog. He's fighting Dan Hooker, who is 18 and eight. He's a minus 170 favorite. Dan Hooker, obviously New Zealand born guy. Do you want to lead this fight? Or do you want to lead the main event? I'll let you pick here. Since you're the guest on the podcast, I'm gonna because I'm pretty sure I know who you're picking for the main event. Yeah, but I don't know who you're picking yeah. for this fight. I, I gave you the option because you texted me, you asked me who who you're picking. I said I can't let you um, know that, bro. I still don't know who I'm picking. By the way, I don't have notes on these okay. are two fights. It's a tough fight, co-main. toughest fight to pick. Yeah, I I didn't put notes on it because I'm gonna talk about it, and then after I'm done Figure talking it about it, I'm gonna make the executive decision. Sure, um, but. I kind of want to hear what you have to say because we agree on a lot of stuff. Sure. Um, I want to hear what you have to say. So you're, you go first. Okay. You go I'll, with this one. I'll go with this one. Okay. So Ali Quinta, Dan Hooker, this, this is put my mind in a pretzel. I'm a Dan Hooker guy. I like Dan Hooker. I think he's very talented. He's got a lot of good wins on his record. He didn't obviously look good against Edson, but he came back and looked good against Gene Vick. He's got knockout power. He's big. He's tall. He's lanky. All I kept hearing or seeing in my mind this week was, Al's going to try to clinch, and then Dan Hooker's going to throw a knee. Dan Hooker's got great knees and catch Al. Al's last time out, he fought Donald Cerrone, who's a tall striker, just like Dan Hooker is, struggled immensely, got his face beat in, right? Got dropped, got, you know, he lost the decision. So I've been back and forth on this, and, you know, I, I don't love Al Quinta's skills. I've never have. However, I've been watching interviews. I've heard uh, a couple people who've trained with Al. I'm starting to kind of buy into the Al stuff. If Al Iaquinta comes out and wrestles, strikes, wrestles, strikes, wrestles, it's a three-round fight, he can easily do that. Dan Hooker's never really fought anybody that um, has really taken him down before. Like He's never fought like a really good wrestler. 
He's got a couple lo- ugly losses on his record by some guys who are similar to Al. I know that was forever ago. Dan Hooker's a young guy. He's, he's you know, gotten a lot better. Well, this is by far the hardest pi- fight to pick on the card. However, I've convinced myself since yesterday and just a minute ago that I'm picking Ally Quinta. I think he can out-wrestle Dan Hooker. He's the underdog. You're going to get paid money. If if it was reversed, if Dan Hooker was the underdog, I'd take Dan Hooker. I think this fight's even across the board. Ally Quinta, I think, learned a lot from the Donald Cerrone fight. He comes out of a great camp in Long Island with Longo with Sarah. All the footage I've seen of Al, he's been training on the ground. I believe he even brought an extra jiu-jitsu guy with him to Australia. He's been out there for weeks, two weeks or so to get acclimated. He's fought in Australia before, so it's not going to be that big of a shock to him. Um, Dan Hooker is incredibly talented. I love this matchup for both guys. It could go either way. I could see Hooker knocking Aya Quinta out. I see Aya Quinta taking him down, winning a decision, or even snatching up a submission. But since he's the underdog, I'm going with Big Al. Al Aya Quinta. Al Aya Quinta Realty. Devin, talk talk to yourself, pal. Who do you like? Man, so I've kind of always been leaning Aya Quinta for this fight, too. Um, I'll just be straight up and honest with you. Um, I wanted to hear what you had to say because I really thought you were going to pick Dan Hooker. Um, I know you did. I I really like Dan Hooker, too. I really, really like him a lot. Um, I like both of these guys a lot. Al's one of my favorite guys. Well, he's not one of my guys, but, like, I fucking like Al. Right. Like, if he fights, I root for him. You know what I mean? Like, I like his style. I like that he has set other things up for himself outside of mixed martial arts, so you can tell he's a fucking smart dude. Like, he's intelligent. Um, And that translates into everything in life. Like, if if you're a good thinker, it'll help you in fighting. It'll help you in real estate. It'll help you in whatever the fuck you do. You know what I mean? Uh Um, So, I just think that both of these guys come from a great camp. Like... Sarah Longo is there. Those guys are fucking legends. Those guys are great guys. They're great coaches. They really, really know how to motivate their fighters. They have great bonds with their fighters. They're like, they're, they're, they, they, they're a great team over there. Um, they're a great team over there. Also look, look at hookers team. We were just talking about them. Yeah, they so got a great boxing. fucking, yep. they got, yeah, dude, we got Eugene over there. They got, they got a great fucking camp too. They're a lot younger. They're a lot younger of a camp as far as fame. Um, and in notoriety, but like still dude, they're, they're Hooker's a great fighter too. Like he, he possesses all the skills to give Iaquinta the same problems that Cowboy gave him, 100%. which is scary. Yeah, he possesses. And honestly, I would pick, I would pick Cowboy. To, I would, I can't pick against Cowboy because I love Cowboy as well. But if Cowboy and Hooker were to fight, I'd Hooker'd be a smart bet, mm-hmm. whatever the line is, because Hooker would probably be an underdog and he'd be a smart bet in that fight because I think he would beat Cowboy. Um, I just think Aya Quinta can be like, have like a Frankie Edgar style pressure, pressure, mix and rush, mix in wrestling, mix and striking. Aya Quinta can crack too. He's got fucking power. Um, and if you watch his last fight with Kevin Lee, like that was impressive to me. Yeah. Like he, sh- he was supposed to lose that fight. Right. Um, they can both take it too. Like Hooker, you can beat the fucking piss out of that guy. Look at his Edson Barboza fight. Like right. you could fucking beat that. He, he's just one of those people that you could just beat the fuck out of and can just take it. And Al can take it too. Like you can beat the look at his last look at his last fight with Cowboy. Al could fucking take it. Just like you said, I really think he learned a lot from that um, fight with Cowboy. Um, and Al's fa- faced great competition. Like if you look at the people he's fought, like even if they're losses. There he's like he's fought the like he's fought the best of the fucking best. He's got fights against Masvidal. He beat Masvidal. Like, you know, right. it was at one fifty five, but 
like I I has got a great record. He comes from a great camp. Um, he's a smart fighter. I he's probably the more intelligent fighter. Um, as far as knowing when to use his weapons, he might not have better weapons than Hooker, but I feel like he knows how to use his tools better than Hooker knows how to use his tools. Um, which is not you know Hooker's. I'm not not throwing any shade toward Hooker because he's a great fucking striker. He's got he's got phenomenal knees, like you were saying. Um. Like you said, if he tries to get him in the clinch, but that he doesn't have to clinch wrestle. Like he, he can put him against the cage and, and, you know, and single leg and just, and sweep. And he's definitely, Al's really good for positioning with really, really good with positioning on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, really good at positioning. Like just watch him fight Khabib. He's, he's fucking, he's fucking phenomenal. Like his positioning is really, really good. Um, and that's where he'll have the advantage with Hooker. Hooker's a much bigger guy though. Yeah. I Quinta could probably go to 145 if he wanted to. Yeah, he doesn't come much like, weight. Yeah, and he if he went to 145, he'd be a fucking problem. Right. Um, but I'm gonna pick I Quinta. Um, I wanted to spend more time on this than anything because I'm really I really like both of these guys a lot. Um, yeah, I'm impressed with both of them. I've always been impressed with them. I love Hooker. I love I Quinta. Um, it's not even an American thing because I'm American because Americans don't give a fuck if you're a winner. That's what Americans care about. Right. Um, so it's not even about that. I love both guys. I love their camps. I just I got a weird feeling about Al. Um, I'm just, I'm gonna go with Al, man. I think yep. he's a good dog too. Yeah, he's a good dog. He's he's a great dog. He's seems motivated. I think we're on the right pace. I think we're 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 picking a lot of the same things here. All right. So main event time. Robert Whitaker minus one fifteen as of the other day. I believe he's dropped. Let me check Odd Shark. I believe he has dropped. It was a straight pick him. Okay. So Boveda's got him on a minus one twenty. <clears throat> and then they got Israel Adesanya as a minus 110. It's different all across the board. It really depends where you bet at. It's a, it's a straight pick and fight. So Robert Whitaker, current champ versus interim champ, Izzy Adesanya, Israel Adesanya, who's 17 to 0, minus 115 as well, minus 110. Pick and fight, wherever you want to look at your odds. Um, it's going to be a banger. I can't wait for this fight. Devin, you lead the dance here, bud. Who do you like? I think you already know who I'm picking, but let's see you break this down. Yeah, um... All the stuff I'm gonna say it might upset you a little bit. Tell me about the do person it. you're gonna pick. Um, just because I feel I really do like Izzy. Um, yeah. I really, really do like Israel. Um, I think he's got all of the marketing tools to market himself into the correct position that he's in. Um, because there's other fighters that have done more but have not been able to get to the position that he has. Of course, Israel's won all of his fights. Um, but I feel like he has had a pretty padded record besides Kelvin Gastelum. Right. Um, you get to a point where you can't fucking dodge all the bullets. Right. You know what I mean? Like you got it. But his fights before that, they, his, his marketing that the UFC gave him, um, he's a really, really marketable guy. And I'm not trying to take anything away from his skill because he's a really, really good fighter. He's got good takedown defense. He's got good striking. Um, the only reason he can take it too, um, he can take it. He he might have got finished by Kelvin too. If Kelvin didn't decide to grapple when he had him hurt, I think it was in the third round of their fight. Um, that showed me a lot about both those guys in that fight. Um, and I actually think Kelvin is a little bit more of a dangerous, um, a little more of a dangerous opponent for Whitaker than than Israel is actually. Um, Israel does have good striking, but he takes a little bit longer to get moving, and he has people compare him to Anderson Silva. He, the only thing that they do similar to me, they have similar footwork and they're fainting. Um, Israel, 
Israel uses his own type of painting. It's not like a, it's not like any type of much, it's not like any type of martial art. Anderson did a lot of weird painting, like a lot of like almost like Wing Chun type thing with his hands. Like he would do crazy faint. And that's, that's one thing that throws a lot of his opponents off with is his feints. But I think Kelvin exposed him. Um, and this is what happened with, with Silva as well is they get, those guys get hurt when you finish with the last punch that they don't see coming. Um, Kelvin's a small dude. He's a blown up welterweight. Um, he's fucking good. He's a great fighter, but he's a blown up welterweight. He can crack. Don't get me wrong. The guy can fucking crack, but Robert Whitaker can crack. Robert Whitaker possesses more tools. One problem that Whitaker does have is that in between combination, he throws a lot of hooking punches, um, similar to Poirier, but not like Poirier. Poirier will plant his feet and throw hooks. Whitaker moves forward and backward as he's throwing hooks. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Um, especially the way that Dan Hardy broke it down. He, he was, it was, um, it was really technical. Um, I actually learned a lot watching that. He broke it down really well. Um, and I, from, from what I, saw especially after watching that i was gonna pick whitaker for this fight as soon as it got announced um i always pick whitaker and it's not because i don't like israel um israel's a really really good striker he puts things together really well he's got really good question mark kicks i just think like the head kick that hurt him from from kelvin um what does robert whitaker do well throw fucking head kicks finishes combinations with head kicks he he pressures he pressures forward there's no other fighter in the middleweight division that can move in and out of range like Whitaker. Um, and I think that Israel can, he has decent striking defense, but for the type of striker that he is, he should have better striking defense. And I know that's part of his style to bait you in encounter. Um, but I, I just don't think, I don't think style for style, regardless of the last of their last two fights and who they fought, um, matching them up. I really, really think that, Whitaker could potentially be a bad matchup for him, not as bad as Yoel Romero or someone that could wrestle. And that's with big, big power. Um, but I think, I mean, also too, Whitaker, he's he's got two fights with Romero. Even though I love Romero and I still think Romero won that last fight, um, I really think that just those types of fights could really, really show you who they are. Um, and Kelvin, Israel had that fight with Kelvin. Um, they show you who you are, and Rob Whitaker. I saw an interview the other day and um, I forget who was asking him, asked him. Um, so what did you think about Israel's last round in the Kelvin fight? And Whitaker's response was, well, you're at the high level. You that's to be expected. And he's right. You, you have to be able to, you have to have that animal in you to, to be where they are. Um, I could go on and on about this, man. Like I'm getting excited just now. Like I'm, I'm, my heart's racing. I can't wait to see this shit. I could talk about it forever. I could ramble on about it for, for so long. I really do like Israel too. I feel like he's going to hold the belt soon. Um, I just don't think it'll be tomorrow night. So you're picking Rob Whitaker. I'm picking Robert Whitaker. Ooh, I fucking ran it too. Go off, King. I fucking King. ran it. <laughs> go off, King. Well, <clears throat> I'm glad we pick opposite here because I love Israel Sonny, and I'm going to say something that's going to maybe offend people. I think Robert Whitaker is a bit overrated, boys. I don't think he's that good. Um, he got embarrassed by Stephen Thompson, or yeah, Stephen Thompson at 170. I know that was uh, forever ago, but he got knocked out. He got embarrassed by a guy who has superior striking than him. Couldn't find the range. Got tagged. Got hurt. He's been in hurt a lot of his fights. Yo Romero, Yo Romero almost finished them in the last fight. He had him hurt in the first fight. 
<clears throat> Uriah Hall had him hurt in their fight, even though he won that fight. Uh, he's been hurt before. He has big power. Everything you said positive about Robert Breaker is true. He closes the distance really well. He throws hooks really well off his back foot. His wrestling is improved. He looks to be in phenomenal shape. All those things are true. Israel Adesanya, a lot of people are looking at his last fight as like, oh, well, that, that was the fight that, you know, he looked exposed a little bit. When Kelvin and Robert Whitaker got announced, I picked Kelvin to win. I think Kelvin is a better version of Robert Whitaker. They're different. They don't fight similar, but I think Kelvin beats Robert Whitaker nine times out of 10. I'll take that bet any day of the week. Kelvin's a better wrestler. I think Kelvin has more, uh, I think he has better power in his left hand and better traditional boxing. Robert Whitaker comes from a karate style. I think he's got two black belts and some two different types of karate. He stands kind of sideways, has good kicks, good straight kicks, good leg kicks, really big, powerful hooks. He leaves himself open a little bit too. I wasn't crazy about Izzy's fight with, with Gaslam. It's one of my favorite fights of all time. But being an Izzy guy, I want a little more of a cleaner performance from him. The Anderson Silva fight, a lot of people love that fight. I hated that fight. I felt like Izzy didn't put his foot on the gas. He had him hurt in the first round, could didn't finish him. Showed some good things. Obviously won every round, but I mean, Anderson Silva's 44 years old. He should have went out there and finished him. I thought, thought maybe he gave him a little too much respect. I watched the stare down before we did the podcast. These guys don't, I mean, they have respect for each other, but they don't like each other. Adesanya, the one thing you got to worry about with me is I always compare skill for skill, but I also look what's going on outside the cage. Adesanya is this huge star now. He's got this marketing push. He's a good looking guy. He's from Africa. He's from Nigeria. He reps that. He's from New Zealand. New Zealand MMA is blowing up. He's the face of New Zealand MMA. He's got a lot on his back. He took a break from social media after the Kelvin fight. He used to post all the time Instagram stories. On Twitter, he used to get after people. He kind of took a step back. He's just now ramping up because they're obviously trying to sell the fight. But he took a step back. He did come out and say there was some shit going on with the Kelvin fight. You know, everyone's got personal problems, whatever that may be. I watched the Kelvin fight for the first time. I obviously was there live. I've never watched it back on tape. I have since watched it back. Obviously not the cleanest performance from Israel defensively. He took a lot of big shots, but he also landed some really good shots. He landed a spinning back elbow that would knock anybody out. Kelvin ate it. He dropped Kelvin three or four times, which I don't know if we've seen that many people drop Kelvin. The guy's got a chin for days. Sure, he's undersized for 185, but he's a fucking bulldozer. He cracks. I mean, he knocks a lot of people out. Kelvin's got wins over some of the best guys ever do it. Rob Whitaker, a guy we haven't seen in 16 months, his last two outs were against a beast in Yoel Romero, which is, again, kind of an interesting matchup because Yoel Romero fights, he blitzes. He fights on blitzes. The wrestling was kind of um, muted a little bit because Robert Whitaker's wrestling defense has gotten better ever since he left the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I'm not confident in Robert Whitaker getting this done for the simple fact that the one time he fought a really talented striker, he left himself exposed and got finished. He struggled with Uriah Hall, who's another tall, lanky striker. He decided to clinch with him. A lot of experts and people are picking Robert Whitaker to win because they think he's more well-rounded. He can clinch with Adesanya, maybe even take the fight to the ground. I don't see that happening. They're in Australia. Robert Whitaker's going out there and trying to take Izzy's head off. And he might be able to do it because he does have power. I think Izzy, though, is going to come in with a refreshed game plan. We've been singing the praise of his coach, his team, this whole podcast He's the center of it. He's the face of it. He's 75 and 5 in kickboxing. He's 12 and 0 in boxing, 17 and 0 in MMA. The guy doesn't lose very often. If he gets a guy in there that's going to stand up with him, which I think Robert Whitaker is going to do, I I like my odds on betting on betting Izzy. Obviously, I'm picking Adesanya. I am completely biased. I love him. 
I have never felt that Robert Whitaker deserved the praise that he got. You know what I mean? I've never been a big Robert Whitaker fan. I thought he was average on the Ultimate Fighter. I'm looking at his wins now. Mike Rhodes, Clint Hester, Brad Tavares, Uriah Hall, Rafael Nadal. He didn't really fight anybody until Derek Brunson, which he knocked out, said it is he. He knocked out uh, Jock Ray, which is his biggest win, and then two wins over Yo Romero, which were very, very close. He doesn't have the best record as well. He has a lot of finishes. And he's fought people who they put in front of him. But with him being at 170 and 185, it, the muddy the waters get muddied a little bit. Um, not taking any shots at Robert Whitaker, even though I could, and I guess I kind of did. But I'm, I'm Izzy all the way. Um, I don't really see many people picking Adesanya to win this fight. I think Kenny Florian was the only one that picked him, if I, if I remember correctly. So I'm on Team Ken Flo on this one. I'm glad we disagreed, Devin. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm pumped up. I could go on for two more hours about this. I am jacked up for this fight. Oh, my gosh, man. This thing is going to be that. And as you're talking about Israel, it's like, fuck, man. Or as you're talking about Robert Whitaker, I'm like, fuck, you know, maybe he's right. It's, it's, it's that yeah, type of fight. It, it is. It's not I mean, a confident pick. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm picking confidently because he's my guy. But, I mean, if I was, un, if I was unbiased, it, it, it means a 50-50 fight. It's, they got the lines exactly right in this fight. I don't, and I don't love Robert Whitaker. Like he's not one of my guys. I won't say that he's a great fighter. I just think his skill set compared, and I compare that to Izzy's last. And like you, even I said it too. I said Kelvin. I think is a harder matchup for Robert than than Israel. Like I, I think Kelvin's good, dude. Like I, I Kelvin's really good. So I'm not taking anything away from Israel. Um, this fight tomorrow is going to really show what their last, both both their last fights mean you know what i mean right it, it's gonna really solidify this i really hope too that it's not like one thing that you could say about whitaker is he had like the yo the yoel romero decisions um maybe it's just his constant movement and his footwork that helps him like edge out those decisions yeah and i hope it's not one of those types of fucking fights where like you know you're like damn it should have you know regardless because right. I want I want whoever to deserve it win. You know sure. what I mean? I, yeah. If I'm watching a fight and my guy is losing and and I feel like he's losing and I score him losing, but he wins like a split decision, I'm I'm not going to be happy about that. You know right. what I mean? Like I, yeah, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan of I I have the people that I like, but I'm you know I'm a fan when it comes to your firm balls. affair. Your firm affair. Yeah, like, right. let me get let me get your locks of the night. Give me a lock of the night, and then we'll go underdog lock of the night. So who do you love? Uh, Who's your lock of the night? Who do you think, no matter, I'll put my life on the line, this guy's going to win. Who do you got? You know, this this card doesn't give you that many options. It doesn't. No, it really, truly doesn't. Like, this card is like a lot. I think the best favorite that I have the most faith in is Coconut Bombs. Okay. Okay. Maki uh, Patolo. I really think that he is the most solid I think he's the most solid favorite on this card. And for an extra an extra point, you think he's going to finish, right? That's, yeah. Okay, I, yeah. That's how he wins is he's right, finishing. So you'll get two extra points. If he wins, you'll get a point. Uh, you'll get two points if he wins because he's your lock. And if he finishes, you'll get three points for that fight. Okay. Underdog lock of the night. Who do you got? Oh, my underdog lock of the night. Oh, man. This is... Um, what were the dogs that I picked? You have them written down, right? Yeah. You got... Um, you got Dos Santos against Megan Anderson. And then you got Jorgen Castro. You got Ali Quinta. And, uh, and I, I mean, Robert Whitaker's a pick him. He could close his under, so I can give you Robert Whitaker's an under if you want. No, that's too tight. 
Um, I think Jorgen DeCastro is actually probably okay. the most solid dog on this. Um, solid, even though I think we should start maybe changing the rules to the underdog sure. pick that they got to be like at least a two to one favorite. Okay. Because he's is he a two to one or is no? He like he's a, he's just a like, you'll get an extra point if he wins because he's he's in the plus column. He's plus one hundred. Um, plus one hundred. The only so problem is a like, plus two hundred are so hard to predict. That's like that's tough I know. to do. Yeah, I know. A plus one hundred to me though is like a um a, a really safe underdog bet. That's what you want, man. You got you double like your money. Super safe, you know, like when, a super super. I get safe. I get chills when I see a guy like plus one ten, plus one twenty because I'm like. That's not that high, and and if I love the guy and I think it's right, then I'm gonna bet Put it every time. On him. Those are the ones you hit. So is DeCastro gonna be your lock? He's gonna be your lock uh, under. Yeah. Okay. And, be he, my lock. and you want him to finish too? Um, I don't. Mm, I want to say no, and then hate myself when he like goes and TKOs in round one. Right. Um. But I'm going to say no. Okay, no finish. Just a decision. Okay, so you'll get you'll you'll get a point if he wins by decision. So I'll give you my my lock of the night. I'm going with Adesanya. I was going to go Brad Riddell. I could probably give you two locks of the night, but I'm going to go Adesanya and I'm going to go finish as well. I think he can catch Robert later in the fight, kind of like Yoel did um, later in their fight. He caught Robert a couple times uh, in the fourth and fifth round, but. He just couldn't finish because Robert's so tough. But I do think Adesanya can get that done. And then my underdog lock of the night, we're on the same page. Jorgen, Jorgen Castro, I love him. and I, But I have him as a finish. So I think he's going to finish the fight. Maybe leg kicks, maybe jumping awesome. knee, something like that. All right, Devin. Looking forward to the fights, buddy. Thank you for doing this, as always. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow night, bud. Awesome, man. Let's do this, man. Hopefully, uh, there's no winner in this, man. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'll talk to you. Yeah, good talking to you, man. Bye-bye. That was my guy, Devin Tejada. Uh, it's always fun picking with him. We got a good card. We got not the best card, right? Well, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and tell you lies and say this is the greatest pay-per-view ever. I think the co-main and the main event are worth the purchase. There's some really good fights sprinkled in there. I think uh, Jorgen Castro, we've talked him up a lot. If he loses, it'd be pretty embarrassing because I've seen a small sample size of him, but I, I am a fan of him. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good card. We got some uh, we got some oppos here picks. Hopefully, they can get the win. Um, uh, before I let you know, we're, you know, again, we're trying new things here. Devin been a been a listener forever. Good dude. Became you know we're friends now. Just you know never met him, but we you know we've talked and he's obviously been on the podcast. He is going to take over the Instagram. Like we're both going to run it. He's going to do some things. He's really good on Instagram. So follow MMA takes podcast on Instagram, follow the stories, do whatever you want. He's going to take control of that and try to really get that going. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I don't love Instagram as much as I love Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. I check Instagram. Like if my wife like tags me in a picture or something like that. So, uh, yeah, Devin's going to be running that. So, uh, that's exciting. And obviously you can follow me on Twitter. I'll be on the Twitter on MMA takes at on Twitter. And uh, let's do this, boys. There's some music. Good, good fights tomorrow. Some good fights. Let's go out of Sunday. I'm glad Devin and I disagreed on that. I was, he was kind of, he was flirting with it. I didn't know where he was going to land the plane, but then he went Robert Whitaker. I'm like, nice, nice. I like that, you know, because a lot of people are picking Whitaker, but uh, is what it is. Boys, I will talk to you guys next week. We'll recap UFC 243 and we'll go over who won and whatnot like that. All right, boys. Have a good weekend. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. My heat will move
feel my heat. Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel. Feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?